helping business leaders grow themselves, their team, and their profits. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Now, here is your host, Ken Coleman. We are coming to you from the Music City, and this is the podcast of leaders, by leaders, and for leaders. So thankful for your download. Here's what's coming to you this episode. Our executive vice president, one of several here, Jack Galloway, who's been here a very, very long time, been with Dave the sixth longest time of our entire 500 team members. This guy is a brilliant business leader. He leads our Entree Leadership Initiative, plus so much more. You'll hear more about what he does for us. But Jack really understands what does it mean to be an Entree Leader? What does Entree Leadership look like in the culture every day of this business? And so we asked him to come in and talk with us. You're going to love this. Plus, Brian and Shannon Miles, co-owners of EA Health. Here's what we love about this. We are going into our community, our tribe, for some Main Street Leaders. No A-listers on this episode. We bring you a lot of A-listers, but today we're going to get real. That's right, real men and women who are leading just like you. You may not have heard of them, but you're going to be glad that you meet them on this episode. EA Help, they've got a very special offer. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. We want you to know we want to hear from you. And the way to do that, podcast at entreleadership.com. Podcast at entreleadership.com. That is the email that comes directly to Eric, the producer. I read those as well, so we'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, suggestions, and more. Also, you can reach out to us on Twitter at entreleadership is the Twitter handle for the mothership at Entree Leadership. I'm at Ken Coleman, and we would love to hear from you. Also, before we get right into Jack Galloway, don't forget Summit 2016. Incredible lineup. We've been telling you about it. If I need to remind you, just go to DaveRamsey.com slash Summit 2016 to see the entire speaker lineup. Get your tickets. We'd love to see you there. Well, Jack Galloway has been a friend of mine for over a decade, and Jack's one of those level five leaders that Jim Collins talks about. The guy has no ego at all, but he can just flat out lead. And he leads the most profitable area of our company. Been with Dave a long time, as I said, when we started the podcast. And so Jack's one of those guys that you you just don't, he kind of sneaks up on you. You know, you start talking to Jack at a cocktail party and you quickly realize he's one of the smartest, best leaders that you've ever met. And so this is a special conversation for you entree leaders who you love this podcast, you love everything that Dave Ramsey's about because of the style of leadership, the results that it creates. And so we talk about some heavy-hitting subjects. This is a get-out-your-notebook-and-learn-from-a-real-entree-leader. Here is one of our EVPs, Jack Galloway. All right, this could be a fun conversation because we pick some topics that are so important to our business and your business. Again, Jack has led so closely with Dave that uh, this is a fun perspective. So here we go. A couple topics. It's going to be rapid fire, but get out your pens and pencils and something to write, something to write on because I'm telling you this is really good. All right. First topic is clarity. Well, this is huge in a business, and we're talking about it, what it looks like and how it has operated within our four walls. So not clear enough, often enough. You talk about this. What does that mean? Ken, I listed it first because if I could only choose one mistake that I see most often that most negatively impacts the growth of a team, it is this one. And we have learned here as leaders, we say that to be kind is to be clear. And to be clear is to be kind. If I have to choose between erring on the side of kindness to a person when I'm giving them bad news, for instance, versus being clear about the news... I have learned over the last 15 years, 
that most people prefer clarity. They want to know what you're saying. They want to know it in a simple, direct way. And the reason that I say that is if we're not careful, we'll be so kind about it. Let's say we're doing a correction with a team member. If we're so kind about it, they may not get the correction. Your high D may walk out of the room going, hey, I heard three different times. I'm awesome. And we weren't clear enough about what's wrong and what it is that we want to change. Clarity is very important. Boy, that is good. I got to stay here because this is tweetable. Say that again because the way you said it was beautiful. To be clear is to be kind. And to be kind is to be clear. Boom. Unbelievable. All right, next topic. Not acting fast enough. Hello. Is this a tough lesson to learn or is it an easy lesson to learn? It depends on your personality. If you're studying the disc profile, you high Ds out there, this is easy for you. You can fast forward. You act fast on everything, and sometimes we think later. But for many folks out there, this is a tough one, and that is that you're sitting in a sales meeting, and someone's not paying attention. Someone's distracting the meeting, and it's driving you crazy, and you stew on it for a week, and either you never talk to them, and they don't know there's a correction needed, Or by the time you do, the details of what happened are missed. Don't overthink this one. When there's something that needs to be dealt with, err on the side of doing it very, very quickly. A little bit of effort done immediately is worth 10 times the effort done perfectly at the almost right time later on. Act quickly. Deal with it when it happens. Do you find for the personalities that you highlighted that don't do this naturally – Uh, that once you begin practicing this, it gets a little easier, even though it's anti your default personality mode, it gets easier the more you handle this quickly. Is that true? The answer is yes. And the reason is the reward is immediate. Right. Uh, If you're a personality that dreads conflict, sitting on this and sleeping on this for a week is miserable. If you'll deal with it that day, it's over. You've ripped the Band-Aid off. And here's the thing I've learned. It's never as bad as we think it's going to be. That's right. Sit down. Simply talk about what the thing is and get it over with. On the positive side, this is also true. When somebody does something that you want them to do again and again, stop what you're doing. Leave your office, high-five them in front of everybody, give them a $100 handshake, and everybody just yell for them in the moment. You can't do that a week later. You've got to do it in the moment. Act fast with clarity. That's right. That's beautiful. All right, let's talk about a word that as a parent, Jack, I feel like I say this word too many times during the day. It's causing a little bit of hair to fall out in the back of the scalp, and that's responsibility. Uh, Specifically, let's look at not taking it and then sharing it. Let's start with not taking responsibility. Well, as leaders, we need to understand that ultimately we are responsible for everything, good and bad, that happens in our business. Now, of course, underneath that, there are times when someone else made a mistake and and they need to own it. But when I say take responsibility, I mean to start asking questions like this. Was the person who made a mistake equipped to do what they needed to do? Have I spent enough time with them showing them how to do it? Have they got the tools that they need? Have they got the resources that they need? I don't mean perfection. I just mean have they been giving the fundamentals to do what it is they need to do well? And I want to ask those questions first because ultimately that's going to come back on me. Oftentimes I find that it is somewhat our responsibility as leaders and that our team members want to please us. 
That's the reason I ask that question. So I will share the responsibility with them. Sometimes I'll tell them about a time that I failed in order to help them. And it helps to personalize failure a little bit and that they don't walk out with their head hung low. It shares the responsibility of the problem. And together we're going to share the change that's necessary. Mm. All right. Now let's look at this topic. This is fascinating to me. And I want you to unpack this weighting business decisions too heavily on the people. I understand what the sentence says, but what does that mean in the context of a business? Ken, I love people and I love every team member here. If we're not careful, however, we will sit down to solve problems. And this is something that I do on a daily basis. I don't sell anything. I don't create anything. My full-time role in our organization is leading other people and solving problems. And when I sit down to solve problems, I want to briefly remove all the names, all the friends, all the people from the problem so that I can look at the problem in its simplest form on a whiteboard and come up with the best solution. Then I want to bring the people back into the equation and see if it still works or not. And sometimes it doesn't. But here's the thing. If we wait the people side of it too heavily, we'll filter all of our solutions through how it affects the people first. We'll come up with a second best solution. And here's the problem. Six months later, that person may not be here anymore. And six years later, we're still doing it less than the best way. And somebody's going to say, why do we do it that way? And nobody knows. Well, it's because we did it around a person who's no longer here. Let's create solutions that work first. Then let's bring the people back. If a person's compensation is damaged by a fantastic solution for the organization, I can fix a comp plan. I can do it with the stroke of a pen. I'm not going to treat the people badly, but I want to first look for good solutions and come back and plug the people back in and see what cracks need to be filled in order to take care of the people and have a great solution. Wow, that's really good. That's really good. Hard to do, isn't it? Definitely. We we love the people we work with. Sometimes they're involved in the solution. And most of the time, certainly inexperienced leaders will filter solutions through how does this affect the people on the team? How is this going to be received? All right. That leads us to relating with people on our team. We do have a tremendous culture here. We really care about each other. And, and I, I see that every day. And that's a beautiful thing to be a part of, just speaking individually right here. I want you to speak to that, how we get folks to buy in in that first 90 days. Ken, I try to find people that are already bought in. I find that buy-in is not something that I can teach. It's not something that I can demand. I want to find people that walk into my office on the day that we're meeting for the first time. And if they make a statement to me like, Jack, I'll sweep the floors at this place. Just let me be here and contribute to the mission. I know that that person's bought in. I don't have to spend Mm. any time or energy trying to explain to that person something that really is a heart thing. They have to believe in the mission. I don't care if we're making trucks, if we're helping people, if we're educating kids, whatever the thing is, I want to find somebody that God wired to do it that way, that they're passionate about it, that it feels like the thing that they're supposed to be doing. Those are some of the characteristics of buy-in. And I want to find a person that comes in and says, hey, just show me what to do and I'm here to help. Jack, it's been a treat to have you here. One final thought from you. You love this brand, Entree Leadership. I do. 
this is not something we're doing just to have fun. This podcast is just one piece, but an important piece to equip and encourage leaders who, as Dave says all the time from our Entree Leadership stage, they are the backbone of the economy. I just want you to give them a final word of encouragement from your head or your heart or both. What would you say to them? Ken, my final word of encouragement would be to find the thing that you love to do most, whatever it is, whether it's accounting, whether it's sales, whether it's owning the company, find the thing that's unique to you. Don't follow someone else's dream. Find it early and get involved and do anything you've got to do to be around that thing and to learn from other people who are better than you, who've already walked down that road. Be humble. Don't walk in like you know everything. Be the hardest worker there. Show up early, stay late, do more while you're there than everybody else. Put in your 10,000 hours. Care deeply about the outcome. The rest of it, the success will follow. He is Jack Galloway, and if you look up Entree Leader on Wikipedia or in the encyclopedia, well, his face is right next to it. Hey, man, thanks for being with us. I know we're all better for it. It's been my pleasure. Again, that was Jack Galloway. And if you ever come to one of our Entree Leadership events here on our campus, ask about Jack. See if he's available. He probably isn't, but if he's hanging around in the room, which he does many times, he's a great guy to pat on the back, shake his hand, and ask him some more questions. Really grateful for that. Well, this is a fun episode. Eric, the producer, and I, and our grand poobah of all things Entree Leadership, Daniel Tardy, we were scheming about this. We don't want to get into a rut of bringing you big names. And what I mean by that would be best-selling authors, captains of industry. Those are all great, and we're not going to stop bringing you those conversations. But I think it's important that we get into Main Street because it's important that you hear from men and women that are going through, have gone through some of the same things that you are going through or have gone through. Let me tell you real quick about Brian and Shannon Miles. They have been at our Entree Leadership Master Series. They're graduates. That is our signature event. It's a week-long event. Big bucks. Diving deep in the notebook of all things Entree Leadership. Dave teaching, Chris Hogan, on and on the list goes. Not only that, they've been active members and are active members of our All Access. This is a whole nother step up. A huge community that stretches across America of leaders just like you, men and women who are listening. And they have done an extraordinary thing. They saw a need in the virtual assistant. Now, this is not somebody over in India. This is not around the world. These are people in our communities all across America who are your executive assistant, just not sitting next to you. But they're all around the country, and this business is exploding. You'll hear more about that in the conversation. But here's why we chose them for one of these Main Street conversations. They started it from scratch. They saw a problem. They came up with a solution, and now it's working big time. And they're husband and wife. This is a unique leadership structure, and they're doing it well. They're winning. Now, here's the thing. We're going to get right to it. But they wanted to add value to you because they feel like they're one of you. So they said, what if we worked together with Entree Leadership and we gave away a virtual assistant for a year? That's a $40,000 value. Did you hear me? One of you listeners is going to get a virtual assistant through EA Help. This is a world-class virtual assistant for free for 12 months. That's coming to you at the end of this conversation. But right now, let's continue to learn. This is Brian and Shannon Miles from EA Health. 
Well, Brian and Shannon, I want you to do two things as we start. First, describe what EA Health is and is about. And then I'll come back and ask you how it actually works. But what is it first? EA Help is a company that serves leaders by sourcing virtual executive assistance. So in a nutshell, we give leaders their time back by serving them with help, with assistance. All right, Brian. So there it is. That's beautiful. Now, okay, I get that. Very good explanation. Very clear. How do you do it? Where are these virtual assistants coming from? How do you connect them to these people? How does it actually get started? Well, our virtual assistants are all over the United States. We employ virtual assistants from every aspect of our country. We keep all of our workforce here in the States. And so we basically match them through a pretty sophisticated process with leaders that are out of breath and need help. Well, both of you are exhibit A and B of what an entree leader is. So this is an important discussion because entrepreneurs create businesses to solve problems. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the beginning. What was the genesis for this idea that then became a great business, which is EA Help? How did it start? Brian worked for a church construction company and worked with a virtual assistant for, gosh, six, seven years. So he knew the model very well, and he knew the space that he was serving in in the church. So our initial concept was to serve pastors with this model. We knew that they were limited in money and resources, and that if we could find them really good qualified assistance to work with, it could really further their ministry. We've since parlayed that model into the business sector, but that's sort of the genesis or the root of where we started. Okay, I love this. So Brian, before it was the company, you had the idea because you were using a virtual assistant. How long did it take you to get comfortable with using a virtual assistant who's not across the hallway or around the corner? About four minutes. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I I had uh, Tricia, who's now the president of EA Help for organization. She was my virtual assistant. She lived in Charlotte. and We lived in Atlanta. And um, when I knew that I could trust somebody and I could delegate and I knew that the the results would be there, it was a no-brainer. It didn't matter where she was. Uh, So for me, you know, we managed a team of 10 people. Uh, fairly complex construction stuff, you know, we're uh, building and renovating churches around the U.S. And she managed, a, you know, a group of people with me in that process. And she really kind of was my work alongside partner. Uh, and so I just knew that this could work. All right. So you said you adjusted in four minutes. Mm-hmm. Is that the case with most of your clients, a very quick adjustment to this idea of that virtual assistant? Yes and no. Um, if a leader is really technically adept, they can do just fine Mm -hmm. and they need to be taught the principles of trust and, you know, to yield up things that they need to get off their plate. And then you've got, you know, the folks that are a little bit more, um, they want the old school secretary, you know, just outside their door in that process. And they, they can't have, you know, any other model than that, but you know, more and more we're challenging that norm. And one of the things I love about what we do is we come alongside the leader and the assistant throughout the whole relationship with a relationship manager. So somebody who will coach and guide, a leader who may be struggling in delegating or communication or knowing where to start because they're so overwhelmed. So we as a company partner with them to make sure that it's successful. They don't have to figure it out on All right. their own. Now, so I want to stop there. That's a huge, that's where I was going next. Mm. I want to stay here on this teaching idea okay. because our audience needs to learn about how to delegate better. Mm. You know, some people just figure it out. Some people get it. They do it better than others. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick on myself a little bit. I don't think I would delegate very well because for me to try to process what the detail is, is I'm already lost patience with everything. Well, I'll just do it, 
right? But, you know, again, I've got a squirrel inside my head. So we get that. I'm like the extreme, you know, bad example of somebody. But let's talk about that. We're having fun here. But seriously, how do you coach people to delegate? Give us some basic starter tips, if you will, on how to learn the process and then, I guess, convert it to a habit of delegation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll start. The big thing for us is you kind of have to assume a posture of trust. You just have to decide, I'm going to trust this person on the other side of this computer to execute on my behalf. And so trust is a, just a really big currency in delegation. And hard to do. Very. You know, and, but at the same time, you do this when other virtual capacities all the time. You know, you get on an airplane, you trust the pilot's going to take you somewhere. Yes, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, that, that theory kind of or that concept breaks down a little bit. And another one is, you know, a lot of leaders, they're really good at giving the things that they need done in terms of tasks, but they don't do a good job communicating results. I need this from you, and this is the result, versus here are the 25 things to get to the result. So it really comes back to trust. I, I can see you you know, getting these things done in your own way. And, and here's a real practical thing that maybe some of the entree leaders out there already use, but video technology is huge. Yeah. Mm. It is the way to establish that relationship with somebody who you will probably never meet face-to-face you read body language, you ensure engagement, you you always think of things on a video chat to discuss or delegate or give the why behind versus sending an email, a text, or even a phone call. So as you know, a real practical suggestion I would give is at least weekly video chats yeah. between, you know, our client and our virtual assistant. Yeah, that's a wonderful point. The game has changed. Mm-hmm. You can build a relationship. Virtually. Virtually. And, mm-hmm. and and that really does help when you can look at them and say, hey, here's why I'm asking you to do this. Yep. Or if you're just that basic explaining, you know, what, what has to be done. Shannon, you mentioned the why. Mm-hmm. You're very intentional about teaching people the why. Teach our audience the why behind delegating certain tasks. Why is that so important to figure that out? You can't do it all. You can't. If you want to grow your business, if you want to be present with your family, if you want to expand your influence, you literally cannot do it all. And it's at the point when you decide, okay, I'm going to delegate and I'm going to figure out what comes first, second, and third and trust in that process. It changes everything. I experienced it when we were starting our business. I mean, it was Brian and I and Trisha for five hours a week. And so we shouldered everything. But right from the onset, we outsourced, we delegated because I knew if I didn't, I would limit the growth of our companies. And that's why we've seen, you know, the progression with Trisha, for example, of being promoted all the way up from a five-hour-a-week EA to the president of a enormous company. Because making sure that you delegate well means developing leaders in that process. Yeah, I agree. And I would echo that, you know, the why informs all sorts of things when you're not around. You know, and in a virtual environment or really in any office environment, when you say, here's what I need done, here's, and here's the why behind it. When you're not around, they can fill in the blank because we like to hire adults. You know, we don't like hiring time clock puncher type folks. We like to see people that are result-oriented. And when you communicate the why, you, you trust them to get it done. I think that people really want to work hard in that type of environment. Another thing that's popping up in my mind is the idea of matching. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it, again, we're talking about virtual assistants here, but we're talking about a much bigger topic. And the idea is relationship there. And even though it's virtual and it's not in the same room or the same office, relationship matters. Personality types working together. How do you match those up? Well, that's our secret sauce. Oh, <laughs> well, well, you know, I like to get to the heart of the matter, yeah, Brian. Yeah. So I'm going it's right great at question. It. So you don't have to tell us 
how you do it, but but answer the issue of why that is important. No, it's I'm we're happy to kind of elaborate a little bit. Basically, you know, right now we're getting 400 to 600 resumes a month for folks that want to be virtual assistants in our wow. organization, and we have a robust uh, talent acquisition team that vets through those folks. We test them thoroughly. We do things, we test them in ways that are very obvious, but they would never necessarily pay attention to that. Wow. For example, if, you know, you're coming to an interview, come prepared, you know, in that process and look professional because you're representing our company still mm-hmm. in the process, even though it's virtually and from your house. So we go through a very long vetting process and we pick the best of the best and we also pay them the best too. Mm. You guys, as I mentioned at the top of our conversation, are entree leaders. You really are small business America, but you get it. And that's who you serve. Mm-hmm. Curious, how many different small businesses do you know off the top of your head you're, that you're serving? It's well into the hundreds. You know, we're uh, today we, we work with everybody from, you know, lead pastors of growing churches to nonprofit executive directors to very large corporations mm. in excess of two, three, four billion in revenue. Oh, you are working with large corporations yeah. as well. Yeah. They're and, allowing the virtual assistant. Oh, yeah. And hiring managers are looking to us because the new generation workforce and executives kind of expect it. They want a more agile assistant. And that process. And then, you know, things like authors and publishers and, you know, one and two person shop consulting mm-hmm. shops and, um, you know, higher education seems to be a big one and healthcare as well. So we're, we're in over 30 verticals today. Wow. You've been on the early kind of end of this deal, you know, yeah, early have. on. Yeah. You did it personally. You create the company. And now I want to ask you, where, where's this going? And, and, and then when you answer that, how does that matter to the entrepreneur? the small business man and woman? You know, we still don't have office space for our company. You know, we practice what we preach. We have a distributed model of employment. And I personally would love to see what we've learned about our virtual work model applied to other companies who are trying to migrate to that. So as far as the future of EA Help goes, we are continuing to do what we do best. I never want to get too far outside of that. But I could also foresee the opportunity to you know, coach and serve additional leaders with how do you make this virtual thing work? You know, it's not, you know, I think there's something there for us to figure out, but, but I need help. And it's just been how we've operated from the beginning. So. Well, and, and for us, you know, entree leadership means many different things and, and working with entrepreneurs specifically, we want them to carry a similar mantra that we have, Shannon and I, in our businesses, and that's to own things, not run things, you know? And so to do that, you're going to have to delegate, you know, the, no one starts a business with the hope that they're going to be buried by it. Yeah, that's you know? exactly right. And so somewhere along the way in all this task and administrivia and everything else, they just get lost in the weeds. And someone needs to pick them up and say, you know what, you can delegate, you can build boundaries, you can grow your business and you know not kill yourself in the process. And oftentimes we're called in during that, you know, that pain point, mm-hmm. you know, with, with folks for, for, for entrepreneurs. So, I mean, while I'd love to work with just a sea of entrepreneurs, um, you know, we're, we're just being pulled. The market's telling us that there's so many different places where leaders are just out of breath, regardless of vertical. So we're, you know, for EA Help specifically, our, our hope is to help a worn out pastor that needs to delegate all the way through to, you know, a, a professor needing help with research and CEOs of large organizations and everything in between. Own things, not run things. That's good. That's tweetable right there. <laughs> I really, really like that. How many on your team right now? 
Right now, we have uh, close to 360 folks on payroll. 360 folks, mm-hmm. and none of them except for the two of you, I guess, are in the same location. Is that no, a fair assumption? We all work from our homes. Do you two work in a separate room? No. Nope. Side by side. <laughs> right just like, like this. This, <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> and we're still married. Yeah. Isn't I know. that bizarre? It, it appears to be happily as well. Yeah. Uh, th- that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. So, so th- and in the video, you, how many people one time do you have piped in on video? We can hold uh, up to 50. Yeah, up, up to, to 50, 50 at a time. Yeah, with Zoom. We almost, nowadays, we don't make phone calls. I mean, it's all just, you know, ping someone on Zoom and talk to them and see them and so forth. Like I would, you know, stop in your office and see you. We've, it's just become part of our culture. So, and it really works. I mean, it's, uh, we're living proof. We actually practice what we preach. We truly believe in the virtual model. That said, we do get our teams together face-to-face oh, yeah. from time to time and, and all of our companies together twice a year um, to, to love on them, to celebrate what God's done in our businesses and to further perpetuate the culture. What do you love most about EA Help? I love our mission. You know, and, it, and part of the reason why I love our mission is it melds so well with other companies' missions. We didn't create this to... Um, you know, develop a a robust brand that was just all about us. We felt like, you know, we wanted to create an environment where leaders really were helped and served in that process and we ignited their possibilities. And that's exactly what we've done. When you look at a, you know, an executive director that can spend four more days in the field in Uganda, you know, helping, you know, build wells or, you know, a a CEO that's able to get home and go see soccer practice with kids or, you know, go have a date night and have some bandwidth in their life because they know their emails are being read and taken care of. You know, that, that is really the win for us. And it's a personal win for me, too. I had no idea the lives we would impact for the better with our service. I love that. You are serving other people. You're helping. The word help is in the name. Yep. You're helping people do what they are supposed to do. That's got to feel good every night when you lay your head on the pillow. It's rewarding. It really is. And I, I think we've been able to create the kind of company that I personally have always wanted to work for. And so it's amazing to be able to serve are the leaders that are our clients. It's also amazing to be able to serve the people that we contract with to provide the assistance. That's as rewarding to me as anything. Amazing. That's certainly how we feel here at Entree Leadership, especially when we get to get folks like you in here who have been to our events, who participate in what we do, and you're out there changing lives. Great, great stuff. Brian, Shannon, thank you so much for hanging out with us and being in studio. It's always a great treat. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Ben. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Brian and Shannon Miles. So here's the deal. You know at Entree Leadership, we always talk about delegation. And as I mentioned at the start of this conversation with Brian and Shannon, they are teaming up with our team to give one of you lucky listeners a free, that's right, free virtual assistant for 12 months. That's a $40,000 value. That's what it would cost you. So this is very simple. If you want to work on your business instead of working in it, you want to be able to delegate the things that drain your energy and drive you nuts to somebody who will make you like a ninja when it comes to being efficient, this is it. Here's the deal. This is so simple. No strings attached. Super, super easy. Here's how you win an executive virtual assistant for an entire year. We want you to go to entreleadership.com slash giveaway. entreleadership.com slash giveaway. Go there, simple instructions, submit yourself as a potential winner. And here's the deal, you can do it from now until September 25th. 
September 25th is the submission deadline. Then we will announce the winner with EA help via email on September 30th. So all you got to do is go to entreeleadership.com slash giveaway, enter your email, and you're entered to win. And one of you people is going to get a $40,000 high-end, highly trained executive assistant from EA Health. This is cool. I, I love giving stuff like this away. Now, I don't have any credit for it at all. It's just fun. I get to be Santa Claus, but I didn't stuff the bag. That would be EA Help, Daniel Tarting, the leadership team at Entree Leadership. So there it is. Very simple. EntreeLeadership.com slash giveaway. Submit your email. All the way up to September 25th, we'll announce the winner via email on September 30th. For those of you out there who want to get to the next level, you've got to engage with Infusionsoft. Entree Leadership does. We've been telling you about them. Let me tell you something. For all of the free resources they give and the great resource of the Small Business Icon Playbook that we've been telling you about the last several episodes, this is a $399 value, absolutely free, if you go to infusionsoft.com slash entree. But here's the deal. You need to check out the website, not just for the free resource, and it is an amazing resource. But I'm telling you, when Entree Leadership got involved with Infusionsoft, not only did we find a partner that understood our values and operated the way that we do, simply put, they took our communication abilities to the next level. Leads and understanding how the leads work, why they work, it just changes the game. So we want you to check out the Mask guys and their entire team. Unbelievable company. Infusionsoft.com slash Entree. And remember, when you go to that website, it takes about 30 seconds. Sign up for the Small Business Icon Playbook. And again, not tips and principles, case studies and campaigns that actually have worked for their clients. So do check that out. Well, folks, this has been a fun episode. I want to thank Jack Galloway for his time. And, of course, Brian and Shannon Miles and EA Help with the amazing virtual assistant offer. This is unbelievable. Make sure that you're checking it out. And, folks, it'll be time for another podcast very, very soon. So, as we always do, we want to thank you, the listener, so much. We know you have options. So, on behalf of Eric, the producer, and the entire Entree Leadership team, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again very soon.